Well, we have been in a series called Commissioned for some time now, and we're going to continue that this morning. You say, when are you going to get done? We'll get done when we're done. You know, like you... You know, when you're driving somewhere, this was done so well in the, the movie The Incredibles. You know, you're driving somewhere and your kids are like, when are we going to get there? And Dad says, well, get there when we get there. You guys haven't seen that? Don't like that movie? You guys know if you're parents, you have heard that question and you have answered it. No, we, we just believe God as we go along. Uh, we just be led by Him and do cover the things we need to cover. And when we're done, we unhook. You can't cover everything in a given subject. I mean, that's impossible. You're never going to be able to do that through all eternity, let alone in a few services. But, um, but as we uh, get to a place to unhook, then we'll do that and move on. Let's look at Matthew 28, verse 18. Matthew 28, verse 18, it says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And it says, verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Jesus said here in verse uh, 19, he said, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Mark 16, verse 15. It says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. It says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Let's look at Luke 24, verse 46. These are all the Lord Jesus speaking, giving commission to his church, to his disciples. It says, Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Verse 47, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name. In His name, when you see in His name in the Bible, uh, you know, referring to the name of Jesus, that is not, um, you know, when we talk about praying in His name in our prayers, that's not a tagline to our prayers. It's not just a religious exercise. That means in His authority. That means in uh, His because of, of what he has said and done, that's what we're doing it. It's, it's because uh, of, of how we've been commissioned, what he's provided, you're doing it in his name, in his authority. So when you see here, uh, that verse 47, that repentance and remissions of sin should be preached in his name to all nations, that's because he's commissioning. Like right now, that's what he, in the scriptures we're reading, he is commissioning the church, commissioning his disciples to do this, to go into all the world and, uh, and to preach the gospel. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. These are all verses we've gone over and just kind of as a springboard to go forward. 2 Corinthians 5.17 said, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, the old life is gone, a new life has begun. 
And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to Himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to Him, and God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So if you go back to verse 18, at the end there it says, God has given us this task of reconciling people to Him. He's given us, us the church. He's given His disciples, His people, the task of reconciling other people to Himself. Verse 19, For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to Himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Verse 20, So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we preach, come back to God. So whatever God is doing on the earth, uh, He's doing through people. We are Christ's ambassadors. Romans 12, verse 3. Let's, let's look at that. So we, we spent uh, a number of weeks on this, different facets of talking about the fact that uh, our, part of our role, like we just read in 2 Corinthians, is to share the gospel with people, to be the conduit through which God is reaching people and giving the, the message of reconciliation uh, to the people of the world. In, uh, through Jesus, the world has been reconciled like we just read. But they still have to receive it. The way they're going to receive it, they have to hear it, and then they have to receive it. They have to act on it. Let's look at Romans 12, verse 3. Let's, before we go there, can you, um, can you go down to Romans 10? Skip down, it's a, it's a number of things. Down. We're gonna, let's do it that way, and then we'll come back to Romans 12. But Romans 10, verse 13. It says, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So ever, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Verse 14, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they not call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him um, of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher or somebody that declares? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? So see, yeah, the world has been reconciled to God through Christ. We read that in 2 Corinthians, but that doesn't, it's not the end point. They have to, people have to call on Him. Let's read it again the way it says it. We could read it um, backwards. Go, go to verse 15. It says, they, how, how shall they uh, preach unless they're sent? So they have to be sent. Then if you go to the back to the, the, the part before, it says, how the, shall they hear without a preacher? So they're sent, so somebody can preach, 
And then before that it says, how shall they believe on him in whom they have not heard, so that they can hear. And then how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Then they believe. And then in verse 13, how shall they, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, shall be saved? So see, somebody has to be sent. Well, Jesus said, go into all the world. There's different people have different, um, different jobs, different roles, but they have to be sent so that they can declare, so that people can hear, so that people can believe, so that they can be saved. Just because Jesus has done the work, but they, there is the rest of this. So not everybody is saved automatically. In fact, nobody is saved automatically. But I'm saying that in the everybody in the sense of every, people say, well, everybody's just going to be saved ultimately. That's, that's error. That's not true. It's not true, and we said this last time, and it's not new. Nope, you need to hear so you can believe. See, the Bible said, and actually we don't have it up there, but in Romans 10, 17, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You have to hear the truth. And when you hear the truth, then uh, you can call. Now you can choose not to call. And people do it all the time. Let's go back to Romans 12, verse 3. Oh, thank God. Romans 12, verse 3 says, For I say, through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Verse 4, For as we have... For as we have many members in one body, but all, all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let's go back to verse 3. It says, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. Notice that. We have, we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. 
Praise the Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's go back to verse 4. It says, for, as, for we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. All members do not have the same function. All members do not have the same function. Everybody say that with me. All members do not have the same function. So look at your neighbor. Some of you are sitting in threes that somebody's just going to have to do without for a minute. Say, all members do not have the same function. Now turn the other way, and if you're looking at just one person, you can keep looking at them. Say, all members do not have the same function. So that would include the person that you were just looking at. Just look around the room. If you're at home, you know, look around the room. If there's somebody there, you know, just, I don't know, look around the room anyway if you're alone. But look around the room. Look at the people that are in the room with you. They don't have the same function as you do. In general, they have the same function. I mean, they're, if they're a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, then, yeah, all these things that we read earlier apply as far as to go into all the world and preach the gospel but you're not going to do the same function. We've talked about that, touched on that, that you have a special function, that you have a special place. But when you look at people, you look, when you look around the room one more time, those people do not have the same function as you do. That can be really uh, a relief to realize, because you know what, you know what Satan will try to do? is get your eyes on somebody else. Can be somebody that you, you see here. Can be somebody online. <laughs> now we have, you know, 50 years ago, that wasn't a thing. You couldn't go online in the sense that we do it now. You couldn't see all these things that are going on everywhere else in the detail. Now there was TV. <laughs> like, what, 50 years ago you had like three channels at least where I was, you had, if you didn't have, I don't even think cable was a thing, you know, in the early 70s. So you had whatever you could get with your analog antennas. You guys know what I'm talking about? Some of you do. Some of you, I mean, everybody's like seen it, but it's like, you know, in a museum or something now. Kids, kids are like, what is that? You know, these things, you see these, these pictures, you know, memes people make, and, you know, they show a picture of, like, a, a, a phone on the wall, you know, with a handset and a cord. And for a, a, a kid, you know, a teenager now to think, you know, you had to go to a specific place in the house, not talking about trying to get a signal, a specific place on a cord that you had to use, and that's where you had to talk. Now, then they had cordless phones, and it was like, oh, goodness. You know, teenagers were like, ooh, now I can go and chat with my, I mean, chatting with your friends was not on text. 
And it was not in a messaging app or on social media. It was, you know, if you're at home, you had to go and talk to one person for a period of time. I mean, you may be like, oh, you know, you get a half hour to talk with them. And then, you know, you may like conference people in. You know, so you're talking to one person, but let's call so-and-so, and you click over, and you call them, and then you're talking, and then you, hey, you there? Okay, now we come, you still have that today, but I mean, that was like the extent of getting a group chat, and maybe you could, you know, uh, you, you could daisy chain it a little bit where somebody else then calls somebody in, because you usually could get like one other person in per person, and so then they call somebody, and you could get a few people on, but there was a limit. You certainly couldn't have what you have now. And so you could only uh, talk to a few people at once. And that was what people, you know, if you wanted to talk to one of your friends, that's how you did it. And good night. You thought you were in heaven as a teenager if you had an extra teen line. Like you had your main phone line. But if you had a teen line, like an extra phone line, well then that, if, they, if the, that phone rings, then that's for you. Or if you called somebody else on their teen line, then that means their dad's not gonna pick up usually, or their mom because you were calling them. You didn't have to go there, hey, is so-and-so there? You just got to get right to them. Now, I mean, kids go right to each other and they, they can talk to 15 people at once. They can, talk to, they can talk to 15 people at the same time in different chats all the time. And then they have exposure, and we all do, to people you've never met, but you can see pictures you know, of what they're eating for lunch if they post them. You're like, wow. I mean, who would have thought? When I was growing up, that was not a thing. Hey, they just post, oh, okay, great. Hey, they got this new thing. And so what that does is for everybody is it brings the whole world into a small area. And even in, in Christian circles, it brings everybody who's doing anything in the world right into the palm of your hand for you to see and for you to compare to. You know, if you wanted to experience a service or somebody's ministry, I mean, it used to be you had to go there or you had to get a tape of it, which was a physical thing, and buy that. Now you can just hop online and you can see anybody that's, that's streaming in the whole world. All these individual congregations, all these individual uh, areas. And so then that, that opens up, I mean, that's good in some sense, but it also opens up this whole just greater degree of people doing stuff in the world and where am I supposed to do stuff? And what am I supposed to do? Because you kind of can look and say, well, I'm redundant <laughs> in the sense of a position, not as a human being, but you know, what... Well, why do that? That's already out there. And boy, they, get, they do it 10 times better. You know, in all kinds of areas. And so when you look around, you know, you see other people, the, the enemy, he, he runs the same plays on humanity because they work. 
you know, everybody's growing in their understanding of God's Word and in their understanding of the things of God. And there's thoughts that we come in into uh, contact with as we grow and say, you know, not every thought that you have is from your own head. It comes through your head, but it's not from you. That'll help you right there. Because Satan will tell you, well, how dare you? I mean, as a Christian, you have that thought. Uh, he can implant something in your head, suggest something to you, and then try to condemn you for having a thought. You can't stop thoughts from coming into your head, you, but you can stop from thinking about them and dwelling on them long term. So you can reject things. Well, one of the things he brings to people is, well, you know, look at this other person. Look at their gifts and abilities. What, what about you? What are you doing? What, what, what do you bring? And those are lies. See, the, we, we just said it multiple times to each other. We each have a... Uh, or each person does not have the same function. So that you can just take that off your shoulders. You don't have to do what somebody else does. They don't need another one of those anyway. You know, if, you, if there's already somebody doing something and they're good at being them, why do they need you to be them? You're just going to be a poor them. You know, somebody said this recently, you know, if... If somebody's going to reject you for do, doing something, make sure they're rejecting you for being you, not for you trying to be somebody else. That's stupid. You're trying to be somebody else and then somebody rejects it. You were being you anyway. Why do that? You know, we try to do that all the time. You say, oh, no, surely not in Christian circles. Are you kidding me? People do it all the time. <laughs> oh, glory to God. I'm not saying this to be mean, okay? But just, you know, and pray, the way people will uh, worship God. You know, there's a lot of mimicking. Because people watch a video. I'm, again, I'm, I'm just saying, hear my heart. I'm not saying this to, to mock you. I'm saying this for us to look at what we do because, you know, we, we're all human. You can get into, um, you know, any number of things. That's just one area, but we'll touch on that because everybody can kind of relate. You know, they see somebody, you know, a music video, and the worship leader of a, a famous song, you know, worships God in a certain way and maybe has hand gestures or does something, and, and people see that, and then they're going to lead that song, and they do the exact same thing, and it's not really them. They're just doing what somebody else did, and then you see it, you can go from church to church and see different people, they're all doing the same thing at the same way, but they're all, it all comes back to a certain person. And maybe that was something that that's the way they expressed themselves. There's nothing wrong. I mean, you know, they said uh, imitation is the highest form of flattery. That's, that's fine. Just understand that's not, doesn't mean you're worshiping God at a higher level because you're moving a certain way or saying things a certain way or singing in an inflection. A certain, some people, you know, they, they, we all find our voice as far as a singing voice or, or so forth and so on. 
But sometimes people are just trying to mimic something they heard. You can learn that way. But it's not necessarily more spiritual to do what somebody... They already had a unique voice. And then, you know, it happens in the secular as well. It happens every, everywhere. People hear a, somebody that's, you know, a, a pop star, and they try to inflect their voice and do it just like them. But so often you just sound like a poor copy of somebody doing that, but not really like your voice. You can do that in any area. But God has made us unique. Now we're talking about, you know, in the Great Commission, to, for, for God to get everything done that He wants to get done on the earth, um, people are going to be involved. And if, if, you're, if you're a Christian and you, you want to follow God, then you're going to be involved. But here's the thing. He's going to have you do something that is unique to you in the, in the sense of not necessarily groundbreaking out like, oh, no, I mean, you're just so different than everybody else like that everybody takes notice. I'm saying in what he does call you to do, you're going to bring something to the table that you bring, and that's just fine if it's what he asked you to do and who you are. You don't have to be somebody else and bring their spiritual gift. As far as when it brings, we're talking about spiritual things, you will not be able to emulate somebody that is, if they have a spiritual, uh, an anointing, we would say, that's not just a Christian easy religious term, what that means is how God works on people, with people, in what they do. If, if God has gifted somebody in a certain way and is flowing with them that way, you can not imitate. You can try to imitate it. You will not be able to do it. You cannot because, and that's where people, they miss it so many times, is they're trying to, they feel pressure and it's designed pressure by the enemy to try to get us to do something and act like somebody else that has a different function. And in the spiritual realm, it is literally impossible to do. Because if it's God enabling, we're not talking about behavior. See, that's a different thing. I can try to, like we said, I can try to, well, singing might be hard. If you can't sing, you, know, you may just not be able to sing like somebody. I mean, if somebody's really good, that's why they're well-known probably is because they're really good. But, you know, you could go through hand motions, right? You could do, you could try to preach like somebody else. Try to use, you know, it's, it's amazing. It's so, it's kind of funny. But, you know, there was a lot of uh, people that are very influential in the kingdom of God that came from the South. In Texas, you know, Brother Hagen and... Um, you know, Kenneth Copeland, and there's different, you know, Oral Roberts, and they're all Southern. And then you got people listening to their, their tapes left and right that don't have a Southern accent as, at all, but it's, Southern accent is very easy to pick up. I lived, I lived in Oklahoma for three years. Oh, it's so easy to slide into y'all and, you know, draw, drawing your stuff out. It's so easy. Well, you got, you know, people left and right, myself included at times. You've heard certain things over and over, so it's easy to say it like they say it. Just, it just doesn't put any more anointing on it. It doesn't sound like you. <laughs> We're all guilty of that. 
But you, it's, it's absolutely impossible to do what some, what God, if God has gifted somebody to do something, and we're not talking about even natural gifts, he'll use natural gifts, but that's not the same as being anointed to do something. Because there's people that have natural gifts that are using them for the devil. There's no anointing of God whatsoever on them. There might be other kinds of working spiritually. Devilish. But if God has anointed somebody to do something, that means His Spirit is, is working with them, coming upon them to do something. You cannot emulate that. You can try to do the same motion. You can say the same thing. You could say the same phrase. You could... Do your hands the same way or, or emulate some other kind of gesture does not put the spirit behind it. It doesn't. It just looks like an imitation, a hollow imitation. And we all uh, pick those things up. It's easy to pick those things up. And it's normal, okay? It's just something always to check when we're doing something. Are we doing it because it's us? Okay, let's be honest. Everybody in here, we, we deal with that on a daily basis of being you with different people rather than some form of you that's not really you. Is that not true? Come on, be honest. At work, when you're at school, we, you know, when you're at home, I mean, I know it's one of my personal goals is to be the same in every situation. That doesn't mean, you know, I'm not going to, my wife knows me better than anybody on the planet. I, I'm going to say certain things in her presence that I'm just not going to say somebody else, but it's the same person. In other words, you're not going, I'm not talking about just being two-faced. I'm talking about you go into a mode where it's just not you because you're in a certain area, a certain people, but then you're, you know, it's, it's just that you're presenting yourself different. You know, one, I think a lot, most of us, we want to, we want to be real. That doesn't mean you dump all your dirty laundry to everybody, but you want to be real, you want to be you. Well, part of this in the Christian uh, you know, when we're Christians, is how does God really want to use me? What is the real role? I'll just let you know. We're going in a different direction right now. This is a different direction than what I had, but that's okay. We're just going. Okay? So what is it really when we're... When we're because this is a big deal, right? You're, you live your life, you're not called to be a, 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 a shallow imitation of somebody for the whole, the whole time. That'd be a sad way to spend your whole existence, wouldn't it? And then to realize that there was all these decades that you were really, it was actually okay to be, I'm not talking about in the sense of this world that, oh, just be you, and it doesn't matter if it goes flat against God's laws or anything, and it just doesn't matter, you be, no, we're not talking about that. We're saying, I'm not talking about something that's just all about you. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Him. Period. So then it would be, how would He want to use me? You know, a secondary question some people might have is, can he use me? <laughs> can he use me? I mean, really, look at me, because you know you. I know me. <laughs> you know, that's what, the Satan will use that to disqualify you from doing stuff. If you knew everybody that you maybe, you, you, you think is so far, I'm not saying they're not, but, you know, what, what, is, what you see um, in, in different areas, you know, you see on TV or you see, uh, on social media or whatever, if you just knew those people, all of us, the way you know yourself, I think that would actually make it easier for us just to follow God because you'd realize nobody walks on water. Mm -hmm. 
I'm not talking about they have secret sin in their life. I'm just saying it's just you're seeing them under the anointing. You're not seeing them 24-7 and you will actually disqualify yourself from doing what God called you to do because you don't think you're able because you're looking at the wrong thing. Don't do that. It's a tactic of the devil. But wouldn't it be sad you get through your, your, your life and realize God wanted you to use you in a certain way and it actually was something that was more bent the way you are gifted and, and you spent all your time trying to be somebody else. Because you thought, for whatever reason, we have different reasons, we grow up, we, we start thinking, I, I, this is the right way. I have to do it like this. You know, it may, for whatever reason, you got that in school or you got that through family or whatever. I'm not talking about God's ways. I'm talking about their, the way you carry out life or the way you serve Him or the way you, you know, that you have to go this over here spiritual, but this isn't. The only way you can divide all that is through the Word of God and the Spirit of God, not through what everybody, nobody's traditions or nobody's ideas, nobody's opinions. But we get ideas of, of doing things a certain way, and then you can start walking stuff out that way, and you're, you're actually shackled. You're actually feeling like you can't. You're, I'm not talking about you expressing you. I'm talking about you just being able to flow with what God wants to do through you. But you can feel bound because you actually feel like, I, I can't, I, I, I'm not really, there's not a place for me to just do, to be like this. Is this okay? Well, if it lines up with Scripture and, you, you know, it is godly, there's nothing that disqualifies you. You have to get between or with God then and, and figure out how I go forward. What, what is it that he's wanting me to do in certain areas? Not what I think I should do based on what somebody else <clears throat> is doing. And it's easy to disqualify yourself because you see what somebody else is doing, think you have to do it that way, and you just don't have the ability to do that. Not the spiritual ability. You may not have the natural ability. You just don't. And that can be so daunting. If you think to do something... So here's the thing. You feel like God has called you to do a certain area. Let's go ahead and turn... Um, but, well, let's, before we... Let's, let's read Romans, and then we're going to turn to a different passage. But let's re read Romans 12, verse 3. Let's look at some more scripture here along this line. <clears throat> Everybody say this. Say, all members do not have the same function. Say, all members, all Christians do not have the same function. Let's read uh, Romans 12, verse 3 again. For I say, through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Verse 4. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ. So all members do not have the same function, just as there are many members in the same body that don't have the same function. Verse 5, So we, being many, are one body in Christ, excuse me, and individually members of one another. Verse 6, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. 
Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. There's grace given to each person, and so you're supposed to use the gifts given to you based on that, which is why it's impossible to use somebody else's gift. It's impossible to flow like somebody else with the Spirit of God in exactly the same way. Now, you can learn from people, and there is. There's a similarity in the way God moves in different areas, and you can learn, and you can go, but it will still be manifested differently through you because you're a different person. You can't... See, the grace, the equipment, the ability is something you and I cannot generate. And so we're talking about this in relation um, to our place and to sharing the gospel and to getting the job done as a body of Christ because it's, it's the Lord's deal. It's Christ's commission. And so he's commissioning people, and we've, we've talked about this, different facets of this for several weeks, but he's commissioning people to do something, but sometimes people don't recognize what they're really commissioned to do because they have their eyes on somebody else who has a different function, and so it just gets gummed up. It can actually delay you getting and doing and developing where you are because somehow, for whatever reason, you've been convinced that you, you can't develop that way because somehow that's not spiritual or you, you think you have to emulate somebody else even though you wouldn't say it that way. And so instead of growing in where you are, you're wasting your time trying to grow in the way somebody else is, which is just a waste of time because you're not going to be a good them and you're not developing in the area that God actually has for you. You know, in, in the body of Christ in general, people have all kinds of giftings. You know, some people uh, <clears throat> are, are great businessmen. Some people are great teachers, you know. You know, some people, th th this is a wrong statement. Some people, they, they say, if you can't do, you teach. Well, okay, there's some truth to that. I understand, you know, if, if you could play professional sports at, at that level in your 20s and just don't have the physical ability, you know, when you're, you're 60, I'm not going to even say 40s because we know, like, you know, Tom Brady's playing tonight. He's defying that. But, you know, if you're saying, you know, you're 60s, 70s, and generally when people get older, you get to the point where, okay, I can impart wisdom, but I can't play on the field. Okay, there is that. But there is also something when people say, I, you know, if you can't do it, like you never had any ability to do it, then you teach it. That's just not true. That's, that's, that's uh, discounting the role of a teacher. Because that's, that, the people that can do often cannot teach. <laughs> they just can't. Because they could do, but they have no idea how to get it over to somebody else. No idea whatsoever. And you listen to them and you're like, what? Well, just do it. Oh, thank you. I'm going to pay you, right, where do I write the check? <laughs> for you telling me that. That didn't help me. But for somebody to break it down and teach you what you need to know, uh, that's a gift. To bring you from here to here, that's a gift. Let's read these, these verses here. Verse 4, For as many as um, we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ, individually members of one another. Verse 6, having then gifts, everybody say gifts, according or differing according to the grace, everybody say grace, that, 
that is given to us, let us use them. So you have to have the gift and you have to have grace. Now, there are natural things, but then there are spiritual, and God is often going to use your natural abilities, but he's not dependent on them. Okay, so don't, it, we don't go the natural just figuring out, well, I, I look like I'm good at certain things, so I must be God's calling me. No, God, you, you, you decide based on what he's saying in the word and in your spirit, what he's calling you to do. That may be uh, perpendicular to what you think you're good at. What are you going to do then? You do it. And he'll bring you up. But he's going to use your natural abilities, but you need gifts. He can, or it's, it's, it's really uh, not related necessarily. See, some people try to say, you have to have that. Look at what you're good at. That indicates where God's called you. That's not true. You can prove that by Scripture over and over. Uh, Moses, he said, I can't speak. But God told him to go to Pharaoh. Well, your brother can speak, I'll use him. That was a second option. That was not God's first option. If he would have depended on God, he would have been used. I'm convinced of that. I mean, he was used, but it would have been a thing. God said, I made, who made your mouth? You're telling me you can't do it? If I told you to do it, you can do it. And that's the attitude we have to have. See, if you look at somebody else and say, I can't do it because them, no. God, what are you saying to me for me to do? And then, sir, yes, sir, I'll do it. And your head can say, yeah, but look, you're not as good as them. It doesn't have anything to do with it. If God said do, then who are you to say, but God, not, not, not the right thing? That's foolish. That's, the devil will use that and will discount what you actually have and, and cause you to be stunted and delayed in what you actually are called to do and to develop that. But look, verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. These are different areas and not the only ones, but these are areas where, where he's saying they're different gifts. If you have something and God has anointed you to do something in, in a certain area, then use that and he'll show you how it's going to be manifest through you. I mean, like we we're saying it, there's business people that here it actually mentions teachers in a spiritual function, but just teachers, I mean, academically. We have some in our congregation. That, that's an ability to bring some musical teachers. I taught, I mean, I, I, I not taught, I, I took musical lessons for, for many years. And to bring somebody in and increase their knowledge in a meaningful way and to encourage them and keep them moving and growing in a certain area and motivated, that's not an easy thing to do. Because it's so easy. Musicians are naturally just, they can be, you know, melancholy and so they, they're, they're their worst critics. And so you start them out and to get them going, they're saying this stinks and to, they're not where they're going to be, but to motivate somebody and help them to see that it's good and you're making progress and be honest, but not discourage them, that's not easy. And he's saying, if, if you can do that, you know, do it. And he's not talking about, you know, that's a natural thing, application, but it goes with spiritual as well. You know, um, there's people that are engineers, People that are accountants. God bless accountants. I, I mean, I can't imagine that I, I wouldn't want to do that. But some people are like, that's what I love. 
You know, lawyer, I mean, just doing that all the time, would, I, I wouldn't want to do that. And some people say that about it. You know, I, I was an engineer, um, in the engineering, software engineer for, for years and years, and started doing that when I was in fifth grade and liked doing that. And, um, you know, enjoyed writing code, enjoyed sitting at a computer at different times. Andrew took a coding class in, in high school. He's like, good night. I could never do this eight hours a day. He was like, this is so boring. How, how, do you, how did you ever do it? Well, I guess you found out something you're, you don't want to do. And somebody would say that about any number of things. But don't discount those things in any area. Don't, don't let the enemy talk you out of it and say you cannot do that because it's not like somebody else or it's not at the level as somebody else. Not everybody starts out as a prodigy in any area. And if they did, there's likelihood they didn't end up really running the marathon. You know, they didn't stay there. There's, there's people that uh, started out being well-known when they're just children and didn't, didn't end well for them because they were so gifted, as far as naturally speaking, but they couldn't run the distance. Don't, don't say, I'm just not there. Let God use you and develop you the way He wants to and don't disqualify yourself. We don't have the same function. God is faithful to help us and to develop us and to bring us along step by step as we look to Him. So listen to your heart. Listen to your heart in these things. Don't, don't get distracted by tradition. Don't get distracted by what somebody else is doing. Don't get distracted by somebody maybe that, you know, you could be family, could be a close friend or, or association that, you know, has given you opinions about what you should or should not do. At the end of the day, we answer to the Lord. What does He say? What does He want? And don't discount, don't discount the areas that you're being developed in and that you have a desire, talking about inward, your desires can line up with what God is saying. But don't discount your approach. Don't discount your style. Don't discount the things that you clearly have a grace and a, a, a ability to do. Don't discount them. Don't discount them, because not everybody can do those things. And at the end of the day, if it's what the Lord would have you to do, you're actually discounting Him. You're actually saying, 
what you want for me, you somehow have missed it. 